welcome to the 71st episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How are you doing, Roger? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. So let's talk about C-Band again. No! No, <laughs> I'm so done with C-Band. We've left the realm of fact and logic, and I'm done with this crap for a while. All right. Well, if we're not going to talk about C-band, and I, I'm not sure there's anything terribly new there, except for you know the FAA continuing to bellyache about finally doing its job, right? Well, issues that aren't present in 40 other countries, right? I thought we could talk actually about uh, auction 110, which is the 3.45 megahertz spectrum that was auctioned off late last year. Can you tell us a little bit about this auction and the spectrum, and how is this different or similar from C-band? Sure. So when we look at the the spectrum band between 3 and 4 gigahertz, right, you have in the middle the CBRS band, uh, which got auctioned off for both a general access license and a priority access license. Above that is the C-band. And below that, 3.45 to 3.55, and below is DOD spectrum, Department of Defense spectrum. And the 3.45, those 100 megahertz underneath this CBRS just got auctioned off. And so this is even further away from the altimeters. And hopefully the FAA is not the authority that now licenses these things. So... 100 megahertz got auctioned off, and the rules were that nobody could win more than 40 megahertz of that spectrum. Right. So unlike C-band, where we had 280 megahertz, like a little bit higher up in the spectrum, this is 100 megahertz, but you can only win 40 megahertz maximum, right? Correct. Okay. So what did we see in terms of, of who won spectrum, who bid, it, who bid, who who didn't bid, that sort of thing? Well... All the usual suspects minus one were bidding. And the biggest winner of C-band, Verizon, did not bid on the 3.45 band, which was, on one hand, surprising because they don't grow wireless spectrum on trees, right? And um, you can never have enough. But apparently Verizon thought it had enough. The big winner was AT&T out of the total 22.4 billion, you know, for the 100 megahertz, AT&T bid 9.1 billion and got like a nationwide 40 megahertz license. And what's really interesting is here is that it looks like that AT&T played this really smart. They didn't, they were vigorously bidding in the C-band, but they also had an eye on the 3.45. And so they paid a lot less for the C-band and now have another 40 megahertz here from 3.45. So they got basically the same amount of spectrum than than Verizon or near that much, but for a substantially lower lower cost. Right, but the, the difference here is, A, it's non-contiguous, right? So they'll have some C-band and they'll have some 3.45, right? They need two pieces of equipment. They need two antennas. Yep. 
and they won't get it as soon, right? So Verizon, yes. when they're when all all is said and done, they're going to have a hundred megahertz of contiguous spectrum in every market, and AT and T will not. Yes, so that is the difference, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a lot cheaper. That is the that is the other difference, right? And so we saw on God, we're talking about C band again. We saw really an impressive Verizon build out in C band, forty six markets ready to go December 23rd, 2021, and nowhere to go, right? They launched a month late with huge exclusion zones around airports, which are like the size of literally New York City is an exclusion zone. But they built this. It's amazing, right? Whereas AT&T announced, what, like eight, nine markets, somewhere like that, and everybody was like, But when you look at it from AT&T's perspective, I think they're planning to do exactly the same thing that they did with the first net build-out, where they did one tower climb and launched three spectrum bands. So I think is they're playing it a little bit slower, and now they know where it is. Now they're going to climb these towers, are putting a 3.45 antenna up, putting a C-band antenna up, and when it's ready to go, they rock and roll at substantially less money. It's a smart, smart way of of doing it because they're under less pressure, right? AT&T had the highest postpaid phone net ads again, right? Mm-hmm. Customers, and, and that's like what really matters. They needed to be more cost efficient. And right now, Besides speed test, where do you need a gigabit of speed? What can you do better on a on a gig of speed than you can do on on a hundred? Right. Well, I think I think the answer to that is fixed fixed wireless, right? And and this is Correct. another area, this is another area where AT and T strategy is very divergent from the other two MNOs in the sense that you know, T Mobile and Verizon both are are going really hard after fixed wireless and, you know, really trying to take it to the, the ISPs and the, the cable companies. Whereas AT&T has said, well, we're going to have a fiber first strategy and build a multi-use network that's with a really strong fiber backbone and focus more on on digging those trenches and, and making sure the sites are hooked up to fiber as well as, you know, consumer broadband. So it's just a different approach. And I think it's more, it reiterates the extent to which the, you know, MSOs, uh, the cable companies, and the and the wireless companies are really on a collision course, right? AT and T has taken a, taken a different approach to this, and you know, when all is said and done, fiber is a faster technology than even fixed wireless on midband, right? Yeah, and we'll see what happens when the forty billion dollar incentive payments for for fiber will roll out, and we'll see who had the smarter strategy. The wireless overbuilders or AT&T that just focuses on or predominantly focuses on mobility. But in mobility, it doesn't make a difference. But, but I agree with you completely. If you're doing wireless to the home for home broadband, yeah, you want more and you want faster and you need that kick, right? And so it, it's going to be very interesting. Well, I think where we stand now with the spectrum position, you know, aside from, you know, C-band deployment stretching out through 23, I don't think there are any other options that are set in stone at this point, right? So this is kind of the landscape as it exists. 
Well, the, the, the plan is to go lower. You know, the next one is to do 3.35 to 3.45, right? That, that DOD spectrum in the 3 gigahertz area is getting smaller and smaller. And so this was just the first installment here. But we don't, we don't have any set dates for that yet, correct? We have no set dates. So this can go fast, like a year or two. Or it can go slow, like six, seven years. And that brings us to the second biggest winner, which was Dish Network. <laughs> when I read that name, I had to laugh. Like, Remy Nuce LLC. And it reminded me of, like, Yuche thing from, from, like, North Korea thing, right? So for folks that aren't, that aren't auction nerds like we are, Dish always uses a different name. To bid every time, so yes. I think it, like last time it was like Great Bear Wireless or something, something weird like that. You can always tell who Dish is eventually, but but they try yeah. to cloak their name going into the auction. Yeah, but it, you you figure it out. There, there's filings and everything, but it's a it's a different subsidiary every time, and and they have interesting names. You know, one of them was like named after the. The, the road where their headquarters is and things like that, or goes by that thing. So Dish spent $7.3 billion and got like on average 31 megahertz of mid-band spectrum. And they really needed that because they didn't have mid-band spectrum yet. So this is a big win for Dish and their, their long-term aspirations. And basically gives them 20, 30, and in, I think in some places, 40 megahertz of spectrum. Big, big win. And T-Mobile continued with its strategy of not letting the other guys get a close the, the gap too much. They spend, you know, a budget $2.9 billion to get 21 megahertz with spectrum in deep areas. and so. That will help them to throw that in when when the speed differential in 2.5 is not enough. And we have to remember, there's a 2.5 gigahertz action actually, uh, auction actually coming up. And the likely bidder here is T-Mobile and anybody else who wants to be a party pooper, right? Right. And due to T-Mobile, what T-Mobile does to them, drive up price, right? After that was Columbia Capital, you know, private equity company, and they will probably sell it again at one point in time. And, you know, they sold to T-Mobile, AT&T, they, they sold Spectrum to everybody. And after that, U.S. Cellular spent $580 million to deepen their Spectrum portfolio of where they are. And then you had like a bunch of, how many, five more private equity or investment funds that spent somewhere between 39 million and 400 million. And that was it. That's all she wrote. So definitely not as big of an auction in terms of total gross proceeds or megahertz that were available. But I think it is an interesting development, particularly the AT&T angle. I think from memory, this is like the third largest auction. You know, number one is C-band, number two was AWS-3, and I think and number two was AWS-3, and I think this is number three. 
and on a price per per megahertz, it's also big. You know, now these guys have to build, right? Yep. And it now completes or or, or makes that that puzzle, that jigsaw puzzle of how how the mid-band spectrum looks like in the US a lot more competitive and a lot closer than what it was, you know, two years ago when T-Mobile was leading like far and away after the the Sprint acquisition. And then we had C-Band where everybody was like, oh my God, now it's Verizon and and T-Mobile who have the most and AT&T is left behind. And guess what? AT&T is not left behind, right? They bought 40 megahertz. Okay. So now they're all roughly on par when it comes to mid-band. Well, I think they all have enough spectrum to deploy based on you know what what their customer base has from kind of compatible handsets, et cetera, right? I mean, having lots of spectrum is great, but you've got to actually use it. And so it's great to see that we're getting more players deploying more and have, having more ability to leverage that spectrum, right? Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic, right? And and Dish did what it needed to do. I'm I'm just surprised that that Verizon didn't didn't bid on it just as for optionality because they bought like spectrum before in like the what was it 700 a band which they then ultimately sold which actually was a in my opinion a big mistake because they had 700 a band which they didn't want to do anything with it and then sold it to t-mobile right and then t-mobile launched that's the spectrum that t-mobile is using to eat Verizon's lunch with. Well, I mean, I think, you know, Verizon historically has been a very financially disciplined company. I think they still are. Yeah. And I think they probably spent a little bit more on CBIN than they originally had anticipated. And they went big on that auction. And I think, you know, the plan has been and continues to be that they're all in on C-band and, and they've got 100 megahertz of contiguous spectrum and that's what they're going to use, right? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. All right. Well, that's all we have time for this week. We'll talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks. Thanks.